Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Lennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the penultimate episode of season two titled Resist. But first, we need to get to the news. The DCTV Podcast Network has added two new shows, which I know Morgan especially is (laughs) (laughs) so excited about. Uh, No, but uh, we are welcoming two new shows to our podcast network, uh, Black Lightning Podcast and Krypton Podcast. Yeah, that's that's very exciting. Um, That will uh, up the ante for Morgan. You're going to have to start training, doing some vocal exercises. (laughs) It is quite a few. I've been doing those like Rocky steps, just like (laughs) running up and down them while yelling out all the names of the podcast. So I'm ready. (laughs) Oh, that is an awesome image uh, that that I like to have in my head. Um, Well, and I also think that there's, there's some crossover potential here, maybe with the Krypton podcast. Uh, that would maybe be a fun thing to do in the future to maybe uh, get together with them and talk about Krypton and the various ways it's being represented on television. We might have to reach out to the Krypton podcast in the future, but that's awesome. So welcome to the Black Lightning podcast and Krypton podcast to the network. For Supergirl's season two finale episode next week, um, Supergirl Radio will be doing a live event on Wednesday, uh, May 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to visit Mixler.com slash DCTV podcasts to listen and join in the chat. We're going to change it up a little bit. Maybe do something exciting for going live. We're going to go live and wired. Uh, for the, the finale to make it uh, a little bit more, a, li- a little bit bigger of a deal. The finale is a big deal, so we're going to try to mix it up and, and go live for this one. So if you are available at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, come join in the chat because we'd like to have listeners to uh, respond to us as we're talking. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to hear what everybody has to say. Well, I think that's going to do it for all of our news. So let's get straight into our discussion of the season two episode of Supergirl titled Resist. Here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl grapples with whether or not to obey the president's orders regarding Rhea's latest actions. Meanwhile, Cat Grant returns to National City, unquote. In one of the shortest episode descriptions we've had in season <laughs> two, which delights me uh, very much. Um, so that, uh, 
everything that's in the description is pretty much the episode. And one of the biggest parts of the episode was the return of Cat Grant and how she, <laughs> she as the queen of all media, went up against another queen, the, the queen of Daxum, Queen Rhea. So, uh, Carly, what did you think about Cat Grant's return to National City? I missed her so much. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Like, it was... I don't know. I felt like I just started breathing e- more easily <laughs> as soon as she walked on. As soon as she walked into the room, literally walked into the room, and then I don't know. My skin cleared up. All my problems <laughs> just went away, and I was like. And at the same time, I was like, "What is this rain on my face?" Because um, <laughs> it was also such a good intro, reintro for her to have her in the same scene, not in the same room with all together, but in the same scene with both Linda Carter and Terry Hatcher. Yeah. I was like, this is delightful. Three powerhouses. And that was another thing. I just got so excited when the opening credits rolled in the episode and you see Linda Carter, Calista Flockhart, Terry Hatcher, and Brenda Strong all in the credits, like one right after the other. And I was like, there's so many, there's so many powerful women in this episode. It makes me so happy. Um, but it was great. I mean, Cat, as we know, Cat holds her own. And I think there was definitely an expectation that she was going to hold her own against Rhea, which I think she delivered on. For sure. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh a little bit because I felt like at the end when we see Rhea, she's not wearing her crown anymore. And I like to believe that's because Kat gave her crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she called her Tiara woman. It was good. Yeah, she 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 told her to, to stop trying so hard because real royals don't do that. So, yeah, she she, she did her, give her a lot of crap about that. So that is that is pretty funny. And, yeah, I like your point about how, like, she held her own against Queen Rhea. Um, even even though she's just a, a a little human, she she held her own and held her ground. I will say I also really loved that they established backstory between her and Linda Carter that they knew each other from college, <laughs> and that and that hilarious anecdote about how she walked into and saw her in the bathroom and walked in on her in her alien form and thought it was just the pot brownies. <laughs> <laughs> so good, <laughs> but it was I really liked the fact that. You know, I know we had we had discovered that the president was an alien earlier in the season, but I was glad that they established that she's always been an alien and that it wasn't like an alien impersonating the real, you know, the real. Um, why am I blanking on her name? It's terrible. Olivia, Olivia Marsden. Um, it wasn't an alien impersonating her or like taking her place or something they just threw in there to be, you know, twist like. She's always been an alien, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the details that we got of their past was uh, kind of cool for me because I, I, some of that I had to go look up because Kat mentions that Olivia was her RA, which, if you don't know, means resident assistant. It's, uh, it's like somebody who, and in my experience, an RA is somebody who lives in your dorm and kind of helps you out if you mm-hmm. have any problems. Um, but she mentions that they went to Radcliffe College, which I wasn't really familiar with, so I had to look it up. And it was a college that was a women's liberal arts college in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So there's, there's that backstory. And I think that's, that's pretty, I think, fitting for Cat Grant to have gone to. That seems 
like a school that's right up her alley. So uh, it was nice to get some of that backstory for both of them. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about Cat Grant? Oh, my God. I was so happy that Cat was back. I was like, please just throw the buckets of money at Calista Flockhart. Like, just don't don't let her leave. They need to like they need to like just kidnap her. I'm not usually in favor of that. But in this case, if it gets us more Cat Grant, uh, maybe Harrison Ford could just be like a guest star next season on the show. Like they could just start filming in her like living room, whatever it takes, really, because <laughs> it was so nice nice to have Cat Grant back. Um, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew how much I missed her, but I didn't realize like how much I missed her until like she like comes striding on Air Force One somehow, like without any explanation. And I was like, that feels right. That feels correct. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even need the backstory about them being friends from college because I would have just believed that like she just magically appeared on Air Force One. <laughs> Yeah, she was getting calls from Madeline Albright and talking about being in D.C. So, uh, and she, we knew, she, we knew she, that she's hobnobbed with some famous people. And I think didn't um, didn't she do hot yoga with Bernie Sanders or something? So she, <laughs> she she's had political affiliations and has hobnobbed with uh, the famous folks. So yeah, it it, it makes sense. I, I buy it. I just loved her. Her return was so was so like so Cat Grant basically. Uh, it was fantastic, and the fact that she's just like there's an alien invasion. She's just like completely chill about it. She just doesn't care. She's just gonna like insult Queen Queen Rhea's, uh tiara. Like, of course, Cat Grant is going to try to like talk you down through like manipulation almost and then also insult your outfit that's just like her way <laughs> uh but i i was i did have some questions about like why air force one thought the best course of action was just like going straight towards the alien ship like car was like yes this is like exactly why i voted for her i was like it's brave but it's real dumb yeah it's real, real dumb I had the same thought because like i i appreciate that president marsden was proactive and brave that's great but that is not how real world united states government works and i i I know that this is based on a story about a an an alien you know a female alien who can shoot fire from her eyes so i'm willing to go with a certain a certain amount of things but i i have this problem with television they do this a lot on on tv shows where they will have these kind of attacks happen, but then they go about it in a way that's not really real-world applicable, and it kind of bothers me a little bit because there's this thing called the continuity of operations, which is basically, like, it was implemented after 9-11. So if you're familiar with that history, like, when 9-11 happened, uh, head, uh, like, heads of state, if you want to call it that, like, uh, high government officials went into bunkers, and the whole idea of that is that if something bad happened, the government officials would still make it and be able to keep the government going. So I, in my in my brain, I was a, I was a real stickler for that. I was like, there should be a plan in place, and President Marsden should be in a bunker somewhere so that they can protect her. Like I, I was I was wanting to be real strict about it, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty dumb for Air Force One to just fly towards the ship and as you see later like literally they're they're having this whole conversation and cat grant is being awesome and queen way is like just like oh i'm tired of you and then shoots the plane out of the sky like 
Of course she could. You're flying right at her. So, yeah. Like, you're not even making, like, defensive maneuvers. Serpentine. Serpentine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I think, I, I totally don't, don't quote me on it, but I have heard that there are two Air Force Ones, so that one is, like, a decoy for the president. So, um you could have used that. Maybe you could have had two Air Force Ones and then she wouldn't know what to shoot, but then she'd probably shoot both of them, so it really wouldn't have <laughs> mattered. Um, but, yeah, so that that was a little bit of a questionable move by uh, the United States president. I don't think it was the yeah, right choice. Yeah, I had, like, I, I had two moments in this episode where I went, like, oh, my God, really? And this was one of them where I was just like, okay, like, that's super brave, but, like, real dumb. Just I mean, dumb. I guess since she literally survived a plane crash without a scratch, she probably figured she would be okay to some extent. <laughs> I like just, maybe- I ended up feeling bad for, like, the other people on the plane. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, she knew that she was probably going to make it, but, like, the pilot, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, and also, Air Force One is not cheap. That costs no. <laughs> a great deal of money. There, There's a lot that goes into Air Force One to keep that maintained and running, so... Uh, you know, just think about the, the, the money that goes into that. Come on, President Morrison. Um, yeah, no, I totally understand the problem with that. <laughs> I, I loved seeing Cat Grant. I thought it was like, like you all, I, I thought it was perfect the way she was reintroduced. Um, it, even though part of me wanted a bigger reveal, I thought it was neat that they chose to show her feet first and like her high heels and just hearing her voice as she walked in. I thought that that was, it, it, it was enough. It was enough to show you that Cat Grant was in the building or on the plane. So uh, I, I liked that, you know, she came in just guns blazing. Uh, I, I enjoyed that uh, a lot. But um, I, I did, and, and I will say that I think it, it did reinforce that there is something missing in the season of Supergirl. Um, even though Supergirl season two has been pretty good, I think, for the most part, it you know the lack of cat grant is noticeable and it cat when she shows back up adds another layer to the show it adds a different feeling to it and it brings something more to the character of Kara. so i i think there is something to be said about how when she comes back she she sort of for me she breathes a new life into the show that wasn't there before um so i did enjoy getting to see her again the only thing that I had questions about with with Kat were, were kind of like really nitpicky things. Like she comes back and she calls Wynn Winslow, which I don't remember her ever doing before. Like in season one, didn't she like forget his name all the time and she didn't know yeah. who he was? I thought that was kind of strange. And then she referred to Kira which I thought was a little bit of a backward step for the Cat Grant character because at the end of season one in the finale, she calls Kara by, you know, she pronounces her name correctly. And that's like a big moment because she recognizes Kara's potential. And so she calls her Kara instead of Kira. And that was a big moment. I, I, I personally got really excited about that. And then to hear her say Kira, I was like, oh, come on. You're like, you're, you're backpedaling a little bit. So I didn't really care for that. But, uh, the, the story that she tells about, and I'm curious to what you guys think about this, because she tells the story about how she was unhappy with her life, and that's why she leaves, and she goes to the Himalayas, and she stays in a yurt, which I also had to look up because I was like, what's a yurt? Um, and a yurt... I've watched a lot of House Hunters, so sadly I knew what that was. <laughs> so if, if you're like me and you don't know what a yurt is, 
Um, it's a it's a portable according to Wikipedia anyway, which is the source of all information. It's a it's a portable round tent covered with skins or felt and used as a dwelling by nomads in Central Asia. So uh, it's it's kind of this round little little tent. Um, but she talks about how like she goes to the yurt. And while the yurt isn't extravagant, there's nothing real, really fancy or, uh, you know, advanced about it. It's not much. But the people who live in them are happy with their circumstances. So that she kind of learns this lesson about how the secret to happiness is a human connection. So um, I, I was curious about what, what you all thought about the reason for Kat's leaving and, and what she took away from that. Carly, do you have any thoughts on that? It kind of made sense for me a little bit like I know they had to have some kind of in-universe reason for why she wasn't around you know and I guess even Cat Grant needs to go on a mission of self-discovery <laughs> and sometimes and I and I think there's something to be said that like for disconnecting from the world and kind of just and finding ways to connect with people again like disconnecting from technology and all, all those monitors in her office <laughs> that we always talk about, you know, and because she basically said gets to, you know, what's really important is like human connection and connecting with other people. So I liked, I liked that part because I think it didn't necessarily take away from cat being cat, but it was, it, it also offered one of those nice little, I guess, mentoring moments that, she and Carl always used to have in season one. So I liked that, that it was like a little bit of a quieter moment between the two of them. They were just kind of chatting about it. Kat was able to take what she's learned and pass it, pass it on to Carl, which I think makes her a good mentor. Uh, Morgan, did you have any thoughts about the reason for why Kat leaves and, and the lessons that she takes from her experience in the yurt? Like Carly said, um, Clearly, they had to write her out somehow. So, like disconnecting and finding her bliss, I guess, is a uh, is as good as any other other way to write her out. But uh, I did I did like her her pep talk with uh, with Supergirl. I thought that was great, and it was something that I didn't realize. You know how much this season has really been lacking is that that mentorship role that Kat played with the uh, with both Kara and Supergirl. Um, so I I really liked having that conversation. Yeah, I think that it gave Kara that extra boost that she needed to uh, go in and save the day, um, which I know she was very conflicted on because, and, and I liked this moment for Supergirl that she she considered herself selfish about wanting to save Monel and Lena, and in, in some ways I related to that because sometimes I beat myself up like that in in certain circumstances where like maybe I, I'm I want to do the right thing but I don't and and so to see Supergirl have that kind of humility where she recognized that part of herself maybe was a little bit selfish I really liked that um that that made me connect to Supergirl um but the the thing that I I did kind of question in terms of Kat is that there was no mention of her kids there was no mention of Carter or Adam and I was like, so did she just pick up and take off without her son? At least, you know, Adam, uh, you know, he can go. I mean, he's he's the older son, so he can take care of himself. But what about Carter? Did Carter just go stay with his dad that we never met? Like, what happened to him? <laughs> did she just take off and, and go to the Himalayas and, and not have any kind of connection with her family? Or, or maybe was that the whole point? Well, maybe she goes to the yurt 
she sees all of these people having happiness, you know, uh, amidst their their circumstances, and she comes back, and that maybe wants to uh, that encourages her to want to love her kids more. I don't know, but I just I thought it was weird. Um, but that that's just kind of a nit- nitpicky thing. But um, but overall, I thought it was a it was a really nice scene, and I I do think that that's an important message that um, sometimes I forget. Like you know, you're in a busy week and you're constantly at least I'm constantly doing something I'm trying to get some things accomplished I'm focusing on other things and getting distracted but sometimes it's nice to just stop what I'm doing you know FaceTime with my mom go hang out with a friend you know that that's the kind of stuff that I think really matters in life you know not all those other, all those those other things that you do during the week are important but um you know even the the fact that we're talking to each other I think that's that's part of what Cat Grant was talking about is having that human connection. So I think that's a really important thing. And that's one of the things that I took from this episode that I thought was most profound was the, uh, was the lesson about human connection. Did they, did they say in the show how long she was like in the yurt before coming to going to DC? I'm assuming like, I'm assuming she just moved to DC after getting back. Let me check my extensive notes on this episode. Um, I just wrote down that she asked uh, Siri where the happiest place on Earth was, and it, instead of taking her to a Disney park, uh, Siri told her to go to the Himalayas. I like that she didn't do any research. She just asked Siri. <laughs> well, Siri has all the answers uh, for Kat, uh, so why not? Uh, but yet, yeah, no, I don't know that we know how long she was in the yurt. But it was long enough that she witnessed the 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 people, the local Himalayan people. Uh, she had she had witnessed their events in their lives and and gotten to see how they lived. So she must have been there, you know. A good, I was just curious. Good of they didn't really say. Well, let's talk about the other queen in the episode, and she's you know, Cat Grant has this. She considers herself a queen, but Queen Rhea is a legit queen. I mean, she has a crown and everything. Um, so let's talk about Queen Rhea and her, 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 her plans for world domination are coming together. She's, she's trying to uh, get everything to fall in place with this whole Monel Lena marriage arrangement situation. And she's got the ships coming in and all the soldiers, the Daxamite soldiers attacking. So, uh, Carly, what did you think about Queen Rhea in this episode and what she was trying to accomplish? Oh, she was so evil. She was so evil. And, and it's one of those things where you like, you know it's bad when Rhea makes Lily and Luther look like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was pretty intense. But that plus just the weirdness of like the forced marriage and breeding between Monel and and Lena. It's like I feel like she's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit. Like she's a little wacky. I don't, I, I think even cause Monel got to the point. I think even Monel got to the point where he was literally just like, you're crazy. <laughs> you're legitimately insane. You know, she was threatening to blow up a children's hospital just because Lena and Monel said, Oh, we don't want to get married. I was like, mm, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> well, and I actually liked that because I remembered that uh, not I didn't like that she was threatening the hospital, but I but I sort of kind of was in terms of story and character because 
she when we learned about uh, Lena Luther in her character spotlight episode that we did, I was reminded that in uh, the Justice League Unlimited episode titled The Clash, uh, one of the buildings that gets destroyed in the fight between Superman and Captain Marvel, aka Shazam, uh, the the one of the buildings that gets destroyed is the Lena Luther Memorial Hospital. So I don't I don't know if that was like a direct connection, but I thought hey, Lena has connections to uh, hospitals. So I, I thought that that was kind of, for me, I took that as an Easter egg uh, to that, that little bitty bitty little Easter egg in, in JLU. So, but I thought that was, uh, it, it justified why Lena would go along with this. And even mon to an extent, he didn't want to get married either. So, so it, it was a way to force them into the situation. I, I was pretty disturbed by the fact that like, is she making like Monel Lena children? Is that like what's happening? <laughs> well, that was the whole thing. Cause she basically was like, oh, well, first I think they looked at each other and they were like, we're not sleeping together. <laughs> and then she's like, no, we can make children from hair. I was like, what? yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> she's, she's like, you don't want your child to be a bastard, do you? And they're like, wait, what? I was kind of worried. Like, I was like, has she already made the baby? Like, are there already <laughs> like a, co- a couple of like full grown children run out? And they're like, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of horrifying. It was, it, I was like, oh, that got dark real fast. <laughs> oh, hair children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah she uh, she seemed to have uh the backup plan to a backup plan uh with the kids situation so i don't know if like we'll we'll see a little monel lena baby running around but that was uh very different that she could uh produce an heir with hair uh, uh <laughs> a literal uh, a literal hair air hair air <laughs> hashtag hair air <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, I'm gonna laugh at, I'm gonna laugh about that for a while hashtag oh, hair so good love it the second H is silent <laughs> I feel like I feel like Jackson gets weirder and weirder the more uh, we hear about it seriously <laughs> slaves and hair children um uh, well, uh, well, what did y'all think about the 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 fight that was going on on the ground with the the Daxamite soldiers causing a whole bunch of chaos, and and what that did uh, to force Team Supergirl to take action? Um, Carly, do you have any thoughts on that? It gave us it gave us Alex jumping out of a building backwards while firing her gun and counting on Supergirl to catch her. Yeah, that was pretty uh, awesome. That was, that was pretty so awesome. Good. It was, I just love, I love the, uh, I guess they, she, they had like an earpiece or whatever. And she goes, <laughs> I'll, she, I think, I think Cara just says, I'll meet you outside. And I love that Alex just knows what that means. She's mm-hmm. like, well, guess I got to jump off the building. <laughs> <laughs> also the fact that, man, she caught her so close to the ground. I was like, oh, heart attack. Um, but I kind of liked that they had to go underground a little bit. And I love that they all had to congregate at the unnamed alien bar. Yeah. <laughs> Still doesn't have a name. What, what did they say when they were like, we'll meet you at? They called it. <laughs> they, How did we miss that scene? They called it. Uh, Cat Grant the called bar. 
Cat Grant calls it Supergirl's Rebel Headquarters, which I thought Carly might enjoy because it sounded like a Star Wars reference. It does sound like that. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I guess we could call it Rebel Headquarters from now on, but I, I kind of like the unnamed alien bar. And Maggie made some comment to Alex when she showed up. She was like, oh, yeah, of course, the one place that you and I would, like, go to hide is a bar. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. But they, they still don't say what the name of it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want the conversation where they're like, okay, we're all going to meet up at. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they're just all quietly staring at each other because they realize they don't know the name of the bar. <laughs> but, uh, maybe like poor Brian is at like some completely different bar. <laughs> yeah, well, trying, to, trying to meet up, join the resistance. What does that, gr- what, what that group text look like? Nobody, I guess they have, like, they use emoji for the unnamed alien bar. They don't actually type it out. Uh, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about the the, the resistance fighters that were uh, on the ground? Yeah, I liked, I just thought it was, a, it was a good opportunity to, like, let all of them look, like, uh, like really tough. Like, the uh, Maggie coming out of the, the police headquarters with, like, that huge gun. Yeah. And I, like. Alex jumping out of the building and shooting backwards while like falling down. That was the, like probably one of the cooler shots that, that the show has done like period. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God, Alex is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just like an episode or two ago, she like ripped a tracker out of her own arm with a, <laughs> with a credit card. So the, the bar for Alex Danvers was already high and she yeah. like Alex Danvers over that bar. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was that was peak uh, quality, Alex Danvers. It uh, was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I particularly liked the, uh, like I liked the the action hero fall out of the window. I thought that that was awesome, and I, I sort of now wonder if when Alex and Cara were growing up, if they did that like secretly, like if something happened, like they seem to be really comfortable with the whole jumping out of the window and Supergirl. Uh, flying to catch some like have they done this before uh but uh, what i thought was even for me a little cooler than the action hero fall out of the window is the fact that when alex is running out of that uh situation in the do and the do is under attack i thought it was a really nice choice to when alex is running she it turns into slow motion at one point and the reason I think it does that is so that when you see Alex pass the monitor, you see Queen Rhea's face on it. And I thought that that was a really nice touch because, for me, that reinforced, like, who the enemy is, what Alex has to fight, what they're, what they're having to run from, and what they're going to have to uh, go up against. And I thought that was a really cool way to show that without having to say anything. So... Alex is running, she goes into slow-mo, passes the monitor with Rhea's face on it, and then after she passes the monitor, it picks up into, into um, her kind of regular pace running, and then she goes out of the window. So I, I, for me, I thought that that was like even almost cooler than the, the shot where she falls out the window. I thought that that was a really cool uh, way to go about that. But um, yeah, and I also, like you, Morgan, I really liked Maggie coming out guns blazing with that big old shotgun. But I thought it was kind of stupid that she didn't have like a bulletproof vest or anything <laughs> that is a good point <laughs> like she comes out of the ncpd right did, did nobody think yeah hey, there's a bunch of like 
alien soldiers attacking everyone. Let me grab my vest. Maybe they didn't have them around. She could have grabbed. She could have grabbed some extras for like everybody else too. I mean, <laughs> maybe they were. Not, maybe they were not accessible. Maybe she didn't have time. Maybe the place where they store that had been attacked. I don't know. I'm making assumptions. She's like, I'm gonna look a lot less cool with my shotgun if I have like a shopping bag full of uh, <laughs> bulletproof vests in the other hand. So like. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I guess I guess that ruins the whole leather jacket look if you have to put, <laughs> you know, a, a big bulky vest on top of it. This vest clashes with my leather jacket, so I'm just going to go without. <laughs> I, I'm just going to go with the potential of being uh, shot and killed. Uh, that's, that's Maggie's funny. committed to that look, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so so while I thought it was cool, I also thought she, she might have uh, benefited from some uh, protection from uh, <laughs> a- alien attack. Um, but we got to see uh, even even James and Wynn kind of get in on the action in the, the heroics in this episode. Carly, did you have any thoughts about James or Wynn in this episode? I like how they used Guardian in the episode as kind of like a support system. I liked that it was him and Maggie kind of going out. They were like, we're going to go out and help where we can. So I was like, this is how Team Supergirl operates. Like, it made me so happy to see all of them standing around in the alien bar except for John Jones because hmm. he's not feeling too well right now. But with the exception of Martian Manhunter... They're all just standing around, like trying to figure out a plan, and it made me very happy that everybody was contributing. Um, I, I loved uh, seeing James with Cat and Win again. That was a fun little aside moment when Cat was very upset that James had free weights in her office, <laughs> and then recognized him through the eye slits of his guardian mask. <laughs> that's that's another that's another hero now that she has called out for knowing their secret identity she she figured out uh the flash did she figure out siobhan i can't remember if she figured out siobhan but she uh but she's she's got the flash and now guardian so it seems like she should probably know who supergirl is yeah my my head canon is she definitely knows she knows yeah she knows this point she recognized barry she recognized James. She, I mean, she's... And then even, like, villains and stuff. She recognized uh, Silver Banshee behind all her Day of the Dead <laughs> face paint. So, I, I, I think she knows. Yeah. It, For it, sure. It definitely makes, makes you wonder. There's a whole debate, too, now about whether or not Lena actually knows that Kara is Supergirl. Because didn't she... Figure oh, there were so many things Lana in this episode, too. And, yeah. Does she just think that Cara Danvers, mild-mannered reporter, is just, like, dating this alien dude whose mother is invading Earth? Like, that seems logical to her? <laughs> well, I, I was confused about how Lena knew that... Because the last time we saw... I think the last time we saw... Lena with Monel was when they interrupted her date with Jack That's at right. the restaurant, and Monel was Mike Matthews and not Bob Cobb, much to all of our dismays. <laughs> um, but I think he had his gla- he had his glasses on. He did have his glasses on. Yeah. So how did she put? I mean, clearly the glasses are a little bit of a flimsy disguise, but we were never told to my knowledge, that she knew that Monel and Mike were the same 
people and that no so i was really confused about how she because they uh because monel says something like uh, you know I, I can see why Kara loves you and she says likewise and i was like wait well hold, hold up does she know that monel and Kara are a thing like i was really confused about that yeah, yeah. It's weird. i don't know it's so weird and it's one of those things where i think they're just they're not really being very consistent <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it should be that, like, either everyone knows and they're just kind of being like, oh, that's Kara, or, or, like, no one knows. But then in that case, shouldn't she have been like, wait, you're Mike? (laughs) Like, I I didn't recognize you without your glasses. Like, yeah, I feel like it's got to be one or the other because they've kind of done it halfway where, like... Cat Grant can recognize James from like the eye slit of his <laughs> his mask, but but still somehow but gla- doesn't know. But glasses are but glasses are but just glasses so are obstructive. Right. Uh. <laughs> well, except for Mon- except for on Monel, which then they, they can see right through that disguise as well. <laughs> well, to to be fair about the Cat James thing, I think Cat is somebody who who puts a lot of circumstantial evidence together and formulates a conclusion because I, I was laughing Morgan when I was watching the episode because Kat walks in and she's like you know this smells like a, a West Hollywood gym in here why are there free weights in my office why is there sports paraphernalia like she she's already questioning what's happening in her office which made me want her to go over to the desk and look and see, <laughs> see if there was a, a George Costanza well, bed well, it was it was so funny because I I couldn't watch it live so I was just getting tweets about like she's she's in the office she's remarking on it she hasn't gone over to the desk yet like I got so many tweets about that and I was like yes so my headcanon is still intact because nobody asked actually looked under the desk so it is still entirely possible he's living there yeah well and he's he's moved his i and i don't know y'all have to uh, kind of correct me on this have we seen the weights in the room before i can't remember if if we've seen james's free weights in the office but of course <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there's a lot of things we haven't seen before when it comes to james like that, all those other cameras with the other cameras that I don't know. Yeah, all the other cameras. Where does he live? Like, we have a lot. He's, he's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Uh, well, and, I, we, and I, we haven't seen The Office much. So no. I can't remember the various other times we've seen it. I didn't notice them either, and I was like, "Whoa, when have when have those been there?" But I also think it would be funny if, like, if this was earlier in the season, if like every time we pan back to his office, like more and more of his stuff ends up in it <laughs> until until like the, the end of the season where he's like cooking in like a kitchen that he's created. <laughs> that would be the best running joke. Ever. It just like happens like really like really like bit by bit throughout the whole season. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I would be very much into that. Very much into that. Uh but yeah, I think Kat, you know, she put it together that James has kind of moved in her stuff and and particularly particularly the weights. So she might have put two and two together, like he's been working out, he's trying to stay fit. And there's also this guy who's dressed up like Guardian, fighting a bunch of dudes in the office, and he sort of looks like James. So maybe she put that together, uh, whereas with Kara, I don't don't know, I I still think she knows, but I think it was a little easier for her with James uh, to figure out. um. And I also really liked the way when 
was used in this episode. I, I thought he, he uh, to see him with Cat again was nice, and and in Catco, I thought that that was really cool. He was like <laughs> trying to explain how bad the office looked, and she didn't even care about that. She's like, "Why are there free weights in my office?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot that like the whole building was basically cracked from the kid from last uh, from the last episode, and she like didn't even notice. She was just like, "It smells in here. <laughs> Someone has been eating takeout under my desk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't had time to uh, clean up. <laughs> Um, I really just want this to be a thing. <laughs> I like the idea of him slowly moving in. I, I really I, that some, somebody should uh, make that happen. Um, but uh, I guess we should also talk. We sort of talked about Lena, and uh, there, and we sort of talked about L- uh, Lillian too. But there's a whole subplot of Lillian working with Team Supergirl to uh, attack Rhea's ship. So, Carly, what did you think about Lillian uh, working together with Supergirl? Uh, first of all, everyone's reaction when she walked into the alien bar was great. It's <laughs> like, how many guns <laughs> How many guns can we point at you right now? Um, and uh, it's... I, I feel conflicted about Lillian Luther, to be honest, because I feel like sometimes she does things and says things where I just don't believe her. <laughs> <laughs> believe her not that she's like unconvincing as a character but in terms of her motivation and the reason she gives Carl for doing things I'm like I don't buy it <laughs> you know she's talking about like oh I just want my daughter saved and she gets all teary I'm like I call bull <laughs> like she's just so manipulative which I don't have a problem like that's not the issue it's just hard because I can't tell if the show at least in this episode, I couldn't really tell if they were trying to set her up to at least be partly sympathetic, uh, you know, before the betrayal or whatever. But I mean, I do love Lillian. I love that when they were in the uh, Fortress of Solitude, they were like, just so you know, when this is all over, I'm going to go back to hating your guts. <laughs> <laughs> and Supergirl was like, ditto. <laughs> And I love that Supergirl, just as an aside, I love that Supergirl called Cyborg Superman R2. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, That Cyborg Superman mask, though, it looked bad in this episode. It 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 looks like it has a hard time staying Staying on on his face. Yeah, Yeah. it was like weird. Like you could still kind of see David Harewood's face behind what was supposed to be like metal. I was like, this is like bad Phantom of the Opera, like high school musical level. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 try, I try not to, like, to how be... How is that thing staying on? <laughs> by sheer force of will, I think. Uh, I, I, I try to remember, like, uh, you know, to bring Cat Grant back probably cost a lot of money. So maybe they couldn't... <laughs> They couldn't. They had, uh, to cut, they had to cut the mask budget. <laughs> they had to I cut guess. the sideboard budget. I don't know. But yeah, it I know, just I wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't secured. But, like I noticed in the scene, I did notice in the scene uh, at the alien bar. I was like, it just looked bad. And but then I will say, <laughs> there was a moment when Cat Grant, Cat uh, Grant, like made fun of him, and he just kind of went. <laughs> yeah, she 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 called him the robot. 
That's right. And he looked, but he looked so sad after. Yeah. <laughs> he, he felt demeaned, I think. And he was like, oh. But technically he is a robot. He's a cyborg. It was, it was delightful. I always liked um, the trope of enemies having to work together for a common goal. Because, you know, the Rhea and the Daxamites are basically everything. They go against everything that Lillian stands for. Just period. So, and I guess figuring like the enemy of my enemy is my friend in this case. The Daxamites, what I thought was kind of great uh, for Lillian Luther, one of the things I liked about her in this episode, because I, to be honest, this episode is another one of the examples of the season where the show feels a little preachy, like it's getting a little too much uh, on cer- certain, you know, uh, political things for me. Um, but what I thought was nice is that in some regards, I think it was uh, a little more balanced than one of the the previous uh, times that they did this, um, because Lillian Luther was was kind of the uh, the opposite spectrum. I, I think she she was kind of a different perspective, and so she this whole season has been like, hey. You got to be wary of some of these aliens because some of them aren't good, some of them are bad, and some of them could be coming for us. And uh, what I thought was so, uh, f- you know, kind of validating for her as a character, she was like, "See, I was right. They're here to come get us. These people are not our friends. They are here to invade us and take over our Earth." And I told all of y'all, like, I kind of love that about Lillian Luther's that she sort of rubbed it in all of their faces. And uh, so I thought that that was. Uh, very fitting for her character so that it sort of made me laugh in in a a small way just to see uh, you know because she did have a I thought she had a valid point about being careful about these kinds of things and so to see her be somewhat validated um, was I, I thought good for her character because she you know she had some she had some good point I mean she's a super villain but she had some good points um Morgan what did you think about Lillian Luther in this episode I, yeah, I loved her. I, I did like when she like walked into the bar and she was like, I told you guys this would happen. And everybody's like rolling their eyes like, oh, <laughs> my God, get out of here. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. Uh, yeah, no, I really like that. She was I, 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 I too, also always like those like enemy uh, the, the you know, we have to band together because we have a mutual enemy, but we still hate each other. Uh, and I think one of my my favorite things about the whole episode was that um, was that when she double crossed Supergirl, and then you like flip back up to the spaceship, and, and Supergirl was like, "Oh yeah, I like totally knew she was gonna do that." <laughs> like, I, like I I feel like sometimes we don't see how smart Kara is all the time. Like, and that was that was totally a good example of like something where. In the typical show would probably have her like dun dun dun, and then <laughs> and then try to freak out about how to get back. And and Supergirl was like, no, no, I fig- I figured out that she was gonna leave me up here. Like, I, I- I've met her before, <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was great. I-, I I liked like I liked a lot of the conversations that she had with people this episode, and I liked that she cares about Lena, but like not not so much that she's not gonna like leave some of her friends to die <laughs> she's still pretty consistent <laughs> yeah and and supergirl pointed that out she said well at least you're consistent so uh there there is that she uh, lillian does say the love i have for my daughter is real and i i don't know i i be- i believe it but it might be kind of a messed up sort of love 
Like, I don't know if it's a, like a, like a love love. I don't know what Lillian Luther's idea of love is, but I think she thinks it's love. Yeah, like, I feel like she's not going to be getting, like, the mother of the year award. Like, that's not in her future. (laughs) She's like, but I'm not going to leave you on a spaceship to get exploded. So that's, (laughs) that's sort of her level of, like, parenting, (laughs) like... (laughs) <laughs> she's she's probably going to try to kidnap you, but she's not going to let you explode in a in like a fiery crash. <laughs> well, I good. mean, it's something. It's something. <laughs> it's, it's something. And I, I think it was nice to see Lena sort of, you know, she was surprised by it. She was like, you came for me. Uh, so I, I thought that that was uh, nice, that, that nice, but also so sad. sad too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because we know that the whole reason that like, half of this began is because Rhea just played her like a fiddle with her mommy issues and then like as soon as her mom shows up she was like you do care and she's like yes but I'm still going to leave Supergirl to die (laughs) like so so I feel a little conflicted now but I also loved when she first showed up at the the alien bar and and Alex is like where's my dad and I really wanted her to be like who (laughs) <laughs> like no one cares about Jeremiah Danvers <laughs> until they until they realize that somebody should have cared about Jeremiah Danvers by now and then they give Alex like one like a like a like they throw her a bone like they give her like the one line that she's allowed to have about her dad and then it's like okay that storyline is tabled for now again <laughs> yeah they uh, again they were not very consistent with the Jeremiah Danvers subplot it's still a hanging fruit that I don't know when we're going to revisit that. But I do I do believe that Lillian told the truth when she said she didn't know where he was. Um, so I I sort of, my take on Lillian Luther is I will believe her until I have a reason not to. I guess, if that makes any sense. Because I, I think, I, think she, she, I, I don't think she knows where he is. He's in the woods somewhere. I don't think anybody knows where he is. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll just see I'm, not, we... I'm not sure the writers know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows where Jeremiah Danvers is? Maybe someday someone will find him. I feel like I feel like next season they're gonna like look under James's desk, and there he is. <laughs> He's been there all along. <laughs> that would be the best. Oh, let's make that happen. Who do we uh, contact to make that happen? Um, well, uh, are there any other things that um, we failed to talk about that you guys wanted to bring up before we go to our closing overall thoughts? Um, I would say the second thing that kind of made me like I so the first thing that I that made me irritated was that the president was just like flying headfirst into a, an invading alien ship with no background or like no nobody else like protecting her like there wasn't an alternative like plan like oh you think I'm just coming at you but I've got that no it was just she was just flying at them and the second one was when Kara knowing that there was a like a basically that the ship was gonna get exploded and she could possibly die was like no I'm going to talk to your mom one last time. I was like, are you serious? Cara, Cara, girl. Like, I just, I couldn't, I, I like had to pick my jaw up off the floor. Like after she did that really clever thing that I loved, which was like, she was like, oh, I knew Lillian was going to betray me and leave me to die. So, so I, I made a backup plan, but then she's like, but Rhea, who has maybe arguably worse than Lillian, 
I think I can still get through to her. It's like, based on what? <laughs> based on what evidence? She's tried to kill you multiple times. I had to like, I had to like, just like fan myself. I was like, are you, ki- are you serious? Are you serious? I think it's great that they have Supergirl always be like, try to be the better person. But at, at a certain point, it's like, don't die in a fire, you know, <laughs> for someone who wants to kill you. Like, I feel like that's just sort of like base level, just like common sense. Yeah, and well, it's 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 kind of a, a a forced writing thing because they need her to fight Rhea in the finale in the typical Supergirl fashion where they both fly at each other, which seems to be a, a, a common visual that the show uh, needs to show every season. Um, but so that's that's why she stays really is because she needs to fight her in the finale. Um, but it is questionable mm-hmm. um, in terms of the actual decision-making process. Um, it, when- yeah, like it just feels like from a writing standpoint, couldn't there have been a different way that you got her like stranded up there? Like literally, I would have literally taken it any other way, really. Like <laughs> than her, because like here's Alex, like trying desperately not to kill her sister, and like the president is telling her to fire, and she's looking at Maggie, like, oh my god, what's go- what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to kill my own sister. Like really conflicted. And here's <laughs> a Supergirl up there, like I think I'm just gonna give it another five minutes, see what I can do. Like no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. She didn't really think about because because Alex told her, you know, be fast, you know, be be faster than you normally are. And, and Supergirl says she's going to be faster than a speeding bullet. And then she just kind of hangs around for a little bit. Yeah, that's a very slow bullet. <laughs> it's a very, very slow moving bullet. Um, and and it, it sort of goes against what why Supergirl went up there in the first place, which was to rescue Monel and Lena. She she did that. She she rescued them, got them off the ship. And for some reason, she stayed. Um, but I'm, I'm like you. Like, I like that Supergirl has the hope that maybe she can still win Rhea over and, and get her to stop this. But I think Rhea has proven that she doesn't want to do that, that that is not her endgame. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens um, because we have a, a cliffhanger that shows that uh, I think Kara's going to have a rough go of it uh, trying, <laughs> trying to get through uh, to Rhea uh, next week. Uh and I actually, since we're, we sort of briefly mentioned President Marsden, I forgot to mention that I learned a little something about uh, Durla, which is the uh, place where uh, Olivia Marsden, the, the alien, is from. She tells the story of an invading army that came to, to Durla and enslaved her people, and she was one of the few people to, or one of the few aliens to escape. Um, I actually looked up Dur- uh, Durlans or Durlans. Uh, I don't know much about them, but they are shapeshifters like she is on the show. Uh, that there was in the comics, there is uh, a radioactive conflict called the Six Minute War that actually devastated Durla. So I don't know if that's part of the um, backstory that she gives of the invading army. Uh, but that, that was kind of an interesting uh, little uh, scenario in the comics. Uh, that it reduced the planet to, to rubble and it caused all kinds of chaos. Um, and the Durlin, the Durlins or the Durlons uh, were actually part of the invasion force um, along with the Dominators in the invasion storyline in the comics. Uh, so they were kind of mixed up with the Dominators too. So it's kind of a neat connection uh, to sort of the, the midpoint of the, the season where we had that big invasion for, for sure crossover. 
So uh, a lot of cool uh, comic backstory that I learned when I was trying to research President Marsden. And I had a question. I want to pose this to you all real quick um, because one of the things that really conflicted me about this episode was the lying that was had, like the heroes being okay with lies. Um, I don't know quite. I'm, it's It makes me a little uncomfortable, but like, so President Marsden tells them she's an alien, explains the whole situation, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. We'll, we'll keep your secret about the, the president of the, of the free world being an alien. We won't tell the American public. No big deal. Um, and then Kara, when Lillian tells you know her that you know Lena's going to be real ticked when, when she finds out that you've lied to her, and Supergirl kind of scoffs it off, like, whatever, Lillian. Um, I... <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. Do, does anyone have any thoughts about the 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 being okay with the lying to the American people and to your to your best friend? Like, anyone have any thoughts? I viewed the scene with Lillian at least as Kara scoffing at the notion that Lena would hate her because doesn't she say like, "Oh, she's gonna hate you if she finds out who yeah. you really are." Yeah, and I think yeah. and I think Kyle was more scoffing at that than the lie itself. Like I think she was more like, no, like Lena, my friendship with Lena is stronger than that. That's how I read it. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's kind of how I took it too. Yeah, and I I can I can go with that, but then part of me, I guess I just I bring this to a real world situation, and and I've actually I've had I've had best friends of mine lie to me about things. And spoiler alert, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> you know, like it's it's one of those things that uh, I, I I just I wish Kara struggled with that a little more. That she if she valued to me at least in my opinion of friendship, if she valued Lena as a friend, wouldn't she struggle on whether or not? to tell her I, I i wish i could see more of her decision making process what like why is she willingly keeping this from lena other than her being a luther like it maybe maybe that's it maybe she's still yeah. a little mm-hmm. nervous about her Weary. lutherness and, and she's kind well, of holding that back yeah in maybe, my opinion oh sorry no i was just gonna say real quick maybe that that will be the major dilemma between them next season because Lena's going to be a series regular Oh, so we'll maybe. see. We'll get to see more of that play out. That's my theory, though. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of twofold. It's that one we haven't really seen enough of Lena this season up until like the end of the season. Really, we've gotten a lot of Lena episodes now, but before that, we hadn't seen a lot of their friendship. So we were just kind of told that they were friends. But to me, that doesn't really like. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess they're friends, but like we don't ever see them hanging out. Now we're starting to see it more, but I don't. I still don't think we've really gotten into like the depths of their relationship. And the other thing is I think that like, yeah, it does seem kind of weird that she hasn't told Lena because like literally every person she's ever met now seems like they know her secret, except for like the two coolest people like Lena and Kat. (laughs) But it's like, you know, all the DEO knows who she is. Like (laughs) for a person with a secret identity it is barely a secret. So yeah, I, think I think that's so. why, to me, it stands out more. It's like, really, you can't tell Lena, like, that random DEO agent behind you knows, and you don't know anything about that guy. <laughs> yeah. The only person who who's less secretive about their secret identity is Barry Allen. Yeah, that's so true. But, like, like, with Supergirl, I think there's a couple exceptions, like, <laughs> I'm trying to, and now I'm trying to think, I'm like, maybe Miss Tessmacher? <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I don't know. I think maybe that'll, but that could be the big conflict in season three is well, you, whether or not yeah. she, 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 whether or not she can trust Lena to tell her the truth. Well, I yeah, because think- I think a lot of like Smallville and like that whole show is sort of built on that, like Clark never telling Lex the secret. But then again, like that whole show is also built on their relationship and their like friendship. So I feel like we like I'm hoping that Carly, that you're right. And like next season, their friendship becomes a bigger deal. And then we do start to see her struggle with like, you know, now we're really good friends. And like, should I tell her? I think earlier this season, it kind of felt like, would you tell every one of your acquaintances that you're a Supergirl? I mean, for Cara, the answer is definitely yes. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's fair. Maybe maybe Kara doesn't think of her like, she, but she does talk about like the two people I love are on that ship. So yeah, she, I think she, she referred to her as her best friend in this episode, which. You know, I, at this point, I feel like I I buy it more than I would have earlier in the season. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'd still like to see a lot more Kara and Lena stuff uh, next season to really, like, bring that home. Well, and I think the fact that Lillian mentioned it, I think, is, is to me, I think that indicates kind of where that is heading, is that at some point, Lena will find out. And then it that she'll she'll be more upset that that Kara probably didn't tell her than than at, that she's an actual alien. So, um, yeah, I just that bothered me in the whole like because I was just thinking about as an American citizen, what I want to know if the president was an alien. Yes, I would want to know if the president was an alien. Uh, so I was like, come on, guys, you're not even going to talk about whether or not that you should tell the American public. Um, but I guess you know the DEO is already already a secret thing. They might as well. Keep it a secret. I don't know. That's that's a. Didn't she say she was born on Earth or no? Am I making that up? Uh, no, I think she was like a, a refugee, right? Because yeah, I think she was. She's planet. from Derla. Yeah. Oh, I thought she said she was in her parent. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. No, she <laughs> she, she was born. She was born on Derla, and the reason that she left it was because of that uh, invading army that enslaved her people. I don't know. I sometimes I think about the show in a real world context and I'm like, ah, you should probably tell the, the public because they're more accepting of aliens now. There's aliens everywhere. So maybe the American public wouldn't think it's that big of a deal. But Yeah. I think sometimes um, you just have to be willing to suspend or disbelief. I, like, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, like it's Linda Carter. She's cool. And, and so far, nothing is blown up yet under her. Under her like term as president, so. except the Air, Air Force, Force One. Except, well, that wasn't she didn't do it though. It but she Rhea. she wanted them to fly to the ship. That was her call. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I I think there are things that if I was an American citizen in this story, I would want to know. Some, I would want answers. Why is Air Force One in flames? <laughs> Someone has to answer for that. Uh, so. I don't know. Just some questionable things if you think about it in a real world sense. Um, but those are just my my own personal nitpicks. Um, so what did everybody think about this uh, this episode uh, as a whole overall? Um, Carly, what did you think about Resist? I almost kind of feel like Stefan from SNL. <laughs> like I, I want to be like, Supergirl's hottest episode is Resist. <laughs> <laughs> this, episode, this episode had everything. Cat Grant, Alex being badass, jumping off a building. <laughs> Lillian Luther, hair babies, <laughs> hair heirs, hair heirs. 
No, I, but I really did. I really did love this episode. I think it's probably going to be in my top 10, if not my top five for the season. Uh, probably top five actually. And so many good character moments. A lot of ladies being badass. A lot of big powerhouse names in this episode. Like, come on, when are you going to get Linda Carter and Terry Hatcher in the same episode? In the same episode. It's, I'm like, it's Wonder Woman and Lois Lane right now. <laughs> like, it was just so cool. Yeah. Um, so, it's not, <laughs> I think I tweeted, I was like, shut up, fives, two tens, or video conferencing. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> uh, so good. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, Loved every scene. I never felt like anything really dragged for me. Even the even kind of the quieter moments when it was just Supergirl and Cat talking. Like everything, I loved. I don't really think there was. I mean, I had you know we we have little things that were kind of like what, but I, overall, I I was watching the whole time pretty engrossed. So I liked that Lena and Monel worked together to try and escape on their own before Supergirl came in and to rescue them. Thought that was nice. A little teamwork. A little teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> but yes, overall, I liked it a lot. Morgan, what about you? What are your overall thoughts about Resist? Well, now I feel like we have a missed opportunity. Like, we should have just had Carly do the whole, like, <laughs> review podcast as Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, so we're, we're going to stop recording and redo this. this whole <laughs> Let's redo this, it. This episode had everything. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. But, yeah, this one was, was probably... I think that this one would probably be in one of my top fives too. I just thought there was, it was such a fast moving episode and such a strong episode. I, I couldn't believe like at the end of the, the episode, I was like, how did they, how did they fit all of that into one episode? I feel like I've, you know, a million things happened in that episode. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even think like we had Brenda strong, Terry Hatcher, Linda Carter, Calissa Flockhart. Like we are truly so blessed. Um, <laughs> It was so good. And I, I, we like, it was such a good episode that there are several like really great moments that I'm just remembering now that we didn't even get a chance to talk about. Like Lena, like <laughs> MacGyvering her way out with like the stupid tiara crown or was it like the <laughs> necklace or whatever it was that like Rhea put on her. Yeah. She, uh, so good. she used her, her scientific prowess to get out of there. Yeah. I love that. I also loved, like there's some uh, there's a moment where like Maggie and Alex are are doing something and Maggie's like you know when we f when we first met we were protecting the president it's like it's like it's like this is kind of our anniversary it's like really I mean now is it the time but that's adorable <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that there were like there were so many good moments like it was such a fast moving episode and yet there were so many good little character moments like that I really appreciate when they you know it's not all action 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 there's still some good character stuff in there yeah, I liked the little bit when uh, Alex refers to Maggie as a, a very trusted agent, and then right <laughs> after that, Maggie drops in from the ceiling. I thought that that was a, a, a nice little touch uh, to put in there. I, I, even though I had some some quibbles about the lying and the real world uh, situations with how government works and. Uh, even some of the the ways they tried to incorporate, you know, politics into the show. Even though I was kind of, ah, I don't 
don't know how I feel about that. Um, I thought this episode was really well constructed in terms of writing, in terms of the way it was shot, the way it was edited. I thought it was very well executed. One of my favorite things about the episode is that um, they uh, had in a, a, big, a montage in the beginning that was contrasted with a montage at the end. So at the, at the beginning, Queen Rhea, you know, she's being, her face is being beamed down from the ship so that the people of National City will, will have to see her and listen to her. And she says, uh, obey your orders and we will protect you. Do not resist. And then later in the episode, Cat Grant is then beamed down uh, from the ship uh, to all of the people of National City. And she's like, and now you have, you have a job to do. Resist. And, you know, she's, you know, Rhea is telling them, don't resist. Well, you're cool. Everything's fine. And in the meantime, the editing is showing, you know, chaos in the streets. People are being attacked. Um, all, all of this, uh, you know, everything is just explosions, fighting. And then, um, then when Kat is like, no, resist, fight back. Then we get the, the editing montage of uh, people fighting back, you know, people standing up for themselves. And I, I thought that that was really nice that the, the beginning and the ending kind of uh, were paralleled and contrasted in a, in a nice way that showed um, everyday people, you know, like cops and just, you know, everyday people who were wanting to fight back and stand up for the human race and for their city. They were finding it within themselves to be heroes. And I thought that was a really... Really nice touch to the episode in, in addition to the, the lesson that Cat Grant learned about um, human connection being uh, one of the most important things in life. I, I thought the heart of this episode, I think, won me over, even though I had problems with some other aspects of it. Uh, that was what uh, I took away from it. All right. Well, uh, that, I think that's going to do it for our discussion. But let's find out what our listeners had to say about Resist. At Swarasali1 says, Cat Grant is love. Cat Grant is life. Loved her pep talks and her rousing speech, which was indeed politically inspired. Amazing episode. At Salvatore underscore chief says, do you think Superman is under mind control or that he is mistaking Zod for Kara? Could be some mind illusion thing. I think so. Morgan, what, what do you think? Do you have, do you have any thoughts about the, the mind control? Do you all have any speculations about how he's mind controlled? Yeah, no. I have no idea. <laughs> Literally no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how she would be able Rayo would be able to do that, but he he does seem to be mind whammied. At Chris Fundalinski says, so wasn't expecting Cat Grant to be on Air Force One. That was such an awesome surprise. Praise hands emoji, thumbs up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Loved Cat giving Kara pep talk. At Shop Twenty Three says, best episode of the season so far. If there was a bad part or scene in this episode, I missed it because Cat Grant. <laughs> <laughs> At Little Hope, he says, wonderful episode. I missed Cat Grant so much, and I can't wait for the finale. At Madtown, Davidson says, exciting episode. Poor Lena has crazed amoral mother figures coming out of her ears. <laughs> At Greenspire says, Cat's such an asset to the show, especially as Kara and Supergirl's mentor. Loved Lillian, the Danvers sisters, Sanvers, badass Alex, R2 Hank, Rhea, and the president. At Coffin Roman says, what a packed episode. Worked for me. Kat is back. I've missed her presence on the show so much. Also, Alex Danvers, hard eyes emoji. That <laughs> <laughs> should just be the official <laughs> Alex Danvers emoji. <laughs> right? Alex Danvers, hard eyes emoji. 
at Patricia Lowe 13 says, this episode had me cheering, squealing, laughing, pumping my fist, and gasping. It had everything. Everyone and everything was fantastic. At Patty Mello 20 says, this episode had Lois Lane, Cat Grant, and Wonder Woman in the same scene. Catch me dead on the floor. <laughs> Plus Sanvers, the team up was everything. At Kyle Lucas says, love the episode. Women kicking ass and being legendary. Can someone kidnap Callista so she can stay for season three? I mean, I did say that. <laughs> right? Just give her more money. Give her more money. <laughs> Harrison Ford is not doing anything right now. They can move to Vancouver. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> at Mia Gone MIA says, two words about this episode. Cat Grant. Also, Alex freaking Danvers, as usual, always stellar in everything she does. At Truffle Munchies says, what a ride. Cat Grant graces us with her fabulous self. Hank Henshaw being called R2. That leap of faith from Alex. That god-awful feeling during the whole Monel and Lena marriage thing. I think I cleaned out all my wine. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the ending. Injustice. At Jordan KWKW says, wish I had the power to literally move Vancouver to Callista. <laughs> <laughs> Crying emoji. Love the show, but Cat makes it better. At the Devil Jack, he says, that scene with Cat the President and Rayo was truly an iconic moment. And Cat being brought being back brought back a missing piece. Great episode. At Jay Singley Jew says, loved Cat Grant and all the Democratic references much needed right now. At TV Freak in a Box says, Cat Grant casually hitching a ride with Olivia on Air Force One and sharing her first scene back with Rhea is what dreams are made of. <laughs> At Mary No Lamb says, Cat Grant, with two praise hands emojis. <laughs> uh, wish she could stay forever. Danvers sisters. Sanvers remains adorable. Also, Alex did a trust fall off a building. <laughs> I love that people are calling it like a leap of faith, too, and a trust fall, because it's so true. Like, come on. Yeah, she she knew that's, that's she knew Supergirl would be there. Yeah, no, oh, just just that moment. Like it's it looks cool for Alex, but when you really think about it, it's just like oh, sisters. Uh, at Jane Mercy says, "Cat Grant hashtag blessed." <laughs> at At Batman Mirror nineteen eighty nine says, "Cool effects, charming dialogue, and I felt the stakes a bit forced, but overall a, a solid first half of the season finale." I will say that that was one of the best things for me in this episode that I totally forgot to mention that the scene when the DEO gets attacked, that's when I really felt the stakes because the, the Daxamite soldiers like came out of nowhere. They surprised the DEO and that actually, I was kind of freaked out by that because I was thinking that would be really terrifying if you were somewhere and you did even in the uh, CatCo office when Wynn and Cat are by themselves and they're attacked by the Daxamite soldiers just out of nowhere. Like, they could come in and, and, and leave when they wanted to. And I, I, that did make me scared for those characters. So I will say that this episode did a good job of making me fear for their lives because I think that that was important, you know, especially with a, an invasion of Earth. We should feel like big things are at stake. Yeah, it's basically like this has been kind of like... This has been the quote, kind of like the fortress without actually being the fortress, but it's been a safe haven. And once that gets attacked, it's like, where do you go? Yeah. So I yeah. did like that because it was it was in a good it was an upheaval, but in a good way because it basically forces our characters to, you know, 
come together and figure out what to do, but they don't have all their resources that they normally would have. That's right. At Rantasmal one says, Supergirl needs to perfect the art of the multiple save. She let nameless coworker die before. And, it, and in this episode, in this episode, she saved Cat Grant, but not the president. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that, that coworker has a name. And her name is Kelly. Respect. Respect. You put R. some respect R. on your name. Oh my god. At Zandani says, I can't believe that was only one hour long. They packed so much in. I would need 800 tweets to list everything I loved. Hashtag, is it next Monday yet? (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, We have an email from Matt who writes, I know in the super uh, mythos, we're supposed to believe that the glasses work fine as a disguise, and I'm okay with that. But in this episode, we've learned that Lena knows that Mike and Monel are the same person. So to her, that means that Monel is dating Kara, and that's why Supergirl and Monel were trying not were trying to play it cool because he is supposed to be dating Kara, not Supergirl. But what I hate about this is that Lena clearly saw beyond the glasses. She figured out that Monel and Mike were the same person, so there's no reason that Lena can't see beyond Kara's glasses, especially considering how close they have become. So in my mind, Lena knows she has to know. And about what Lillian told Supergirl, assuming that Lena doesn't know, I think that might upset what might upset Lena is not finding out that Kara has been lying to her, but the fact that everyone else but her knew the knew the secret. I think she should be allowed to be upset for a little while, but I don't think she'll hate Kara for it. Uh, well, we also have an email from Alex who writes in a speculation uh, saying, quote, I hope Lillian Luther will be back next year. That makes two of us, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alex goes on to say she is pure evil and a great villain one of the best moments in the episode is when Kara asks Lillian why she never told Lena about Supergirl's true identity Lillian's answer was coldly prophetic she tells Kara with a cruel smile that Lena will find out Supergirl's identity on her own and when she realizes Supergirl has been lying to her all this time Lena will hate her for it that single line sets up the uneasiness between Kara and Lena that will remain that will be the main storyline next season my prediction for next year is Lena Luther becoming involved in the shady organization Checkmate, something uh, sometimes working with Supergirl, but having her own agenda and not always being completely honest with her. I think the previous episode entitled Luther's, which showed Lena in flashbacks being a superb chess player, foreshadows her connection with Checkmate, unquote. I personally really love this speculation, uh, Alex. I think that would be a really cool thing to pull from in the comics. And I think that would be nice to tie in with uh, little, little Lena, who was so good at playing chess and she was even better than Lex was at playing chess. And I sort of laughed when I read this email, cause I was like, you know, who else is a member of checkmate snapper car. So, uh, so let's, let's, let's have um, a season three storyline about checkmate and people being involved in Checkmate, and I would love to see Snapper Car more involved in that and getting to do some, like, super spy stuff. That would make me so happy. Of course, we... Maybe that'll be the origin of his robot hand. Maybe maybe that's when we'll <laughs> see the snapping. Maybe he will need to, to go somewhere to be a spy, and he'll have to snap. I don't know. I just... I think there's a lot of potential there with Alex's speculation. I, I like it. We also have an email from Marcus who writes, Resist was truly a well-executed grand showcase of the gloriously talented women of Supergirl. 
a one-hour roller coaster of beauty, brains, brawn, bravado, and benevolence. This episode feels like it will stand the test of time. Cat Grant can steal any show and is undeniably the gift that keeps on giving. Her lines are great, but the way Callista Flockhart delivers them makes them near classic. Reminds me of how Wentworth Miller is with Captain Cold. As someone who's rooted for Guardian all season, I've also appreciated the journey we've gone on with him. Although frustratingly bumpy in the early goings, both the actor and writers have done well in rebuilding his stock. Last week's meeting of a true hero story for James surely aided in this, and the save he did this week was great, and of course capped off by another classic Miss Grant moment. <laughs> That's actually a really good point about how, like, Cat Grant's lines are good, but Callista does something extra to them that that really makes them come alive. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. She 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 does something when she delivers those lines that I think only she could do. So I think that's a good point. Well, and uh, we have a voicemail about this episode. Boy, Mom L is an awesome, awesome villain, and she sort of outsmarted them. But all in all, I love the episode. I really, really did. And this is Mike Pasqua. Thanks for calling in, Mike. Before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgment questions sent in by our listeners. So, all right, snaps. Okay, from Brandy. If there was to be a wedding on either Supergirl or The Flash, which would you rather see, West Allen or Caramel? Okay, Carly, uh, which one would you rather see, West Allen or Caramel getting married? West Allen. Morgan. West Allen. I would also go West Allen. And I, I thought it might be interesting to uh, kind of sort of flip Brandy's question. Uh, which wedding ceremony would you rather attend as a guest? If you got invited to this wedding, which one would you want to go see? Carly, would you go see, would you want to eat cake at the West Allen wedding or Carmel's wedding? Oh, uh, oh this is a tough one. <laughs> that, that might change uh, your answer. I don't know. West Allen. Uh, Morgan? You know what? This does change my answer, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Caramel. Yeah, I would say Caramel for this one. Which crossover episode was better? World's Finest or Duet? Uh, Carly? World's Finest. Rebecca? Uh, World's Finest. Uh, I I would also say World's Finest. (laughs) Um, Which sidekick team-up would you rather see? Kid Flash, Guardian, or Jesse, Quick, and Lyra? Uh, Rebecca. Kid Flash Guardian. Carly? Yeah, Kid Flash Guardian. Yeah, wow. We're like all on the same page tonight. I would also (laughs) go Kid Flash Guardian. Uh, So we have a couple of snap judgment questions from Kathy. Um, Her first one is, which would you rather read, The Daily Planet or Catco Magazine? Um, Rebecca? The Daily Planet. Carly? Daily Planet. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the Daily Planet. <laughs> Although I would kind of like to read Catco just to know what it is. Yeah, can you <laughs> define what this publication actually is? What is this thing? Um, okay, I know they are girlfriends, but who would win in hand-to-hand combat, Alex or Maggie? Uh, mm. Carly. Alex. Rebecca. Alex. Yeah. Also, Alex. I say. <laughs> I think we've been. I think we've been almost entirely on the same page. This almost whole time. three. Almost three for three. All right. Last one. Let's see if the streak holds. <laughs> Whose home should we see next? 
uh, Jean's Martin, Martian home or Wynn's Toyman Jr. gadgety apartment? Carly? Jean's Martian home. Rebecca? I would also say Jean's Martian home. I would also say that as well. We weren't three for three on all of them, but Not we were pretty close. Them. Very close. Yeah. Very close. I think that was the most we've ever been like all of us saying the same one though. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's going to do it uh, for our thoughts on uh, Resist and all of our feedback. So thank you, everyone, who wrote in and called in and sent a snap judgments. Uh, but if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio in the future, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678 you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can also listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have a playlist on Spotify, so you can go check that out for some Supergirl-related music. And we are also least listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. Both are important because... As I've learned from other podcast hosts, it helps people find our show. Oh. So that's that's important. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also a part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So make sure to follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Yeah, that will help you uh, stay uh, <laughs> in touch with all of the shows that are in the network uh, because now we have lots of them. Uh, with Black Lightning Podcast and Krypton Podcast joining us. So uh, that following and liking DC TV Podcast kind of helps uh, if you, if you want to stay in the loop on everything. That's a good way to do that. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram if you want to see any of the uh, pictures I take occasionally. Uh, you can do that at uh, the Derby Kid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can also watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com forward slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And uh, if you want more of my thoughts on Batman v Superman, which clearly I, I haven't run out of thoughts about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. They just like spill out of me all of, all of the time. I have a series on YouTube uh, of my thoughts. I talk about it on other podcasts. Uh, I talk about it on Twitter all the time, but somehow I just keep having thoughts about it. Uh, so if you want to hear me talk about it on a, a, a new podcast episode, you can head over to um, a podcast called Gettysburg Address. I talked about Batman v Superman. I talked about Man of Steel. I talked about Suicide Squad, all things DCEU, um, even a little bit of Supergirl. So if you want to go check that out, um, you can do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I am currently writing over at Nerdist as well as Sci-Fi Wire. Got some pieces going up soon about Guardians of the Galaxy and The Flash and Alien Franchise and mm -hmm. Twin Peaks. <laughs> I've been writing a lot <laughs> this week. Um, and recently I was a guest on a podcast, uh, which I've mentioned before in a previous episode. They're called Beltway Banthas. Uh, they are a podcast about the intersection of Star Trek and politics, and I was a guest co-host to talk about the character of Mon Mothma, 
So check that out if you're interested. It was a really good talk. We didn't just talk about Star Wars. We also talked about podcasting uh, and television. It was a very it was a very enlightening conversation considering I only had like half a half a cup of coffee. But um, <laughs> yeah, so if you're interested in that, you can check that out. And other than that, basically just Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Um, you can also find me I'm as a co-host as of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which, by the way, the full season is on Netflix. You don't have to watch it to enjoy the <laughs> podcast. It's more like it's more like an appetizer after you've listened to the podcast. <laughs> the, the show on Netflix is really just supplemental to the yeah, podcast. It, it, it enhances it, the experience of the podcast. It, it really does. It really does. I mean, I think it'll help you enjoy the podcast more fully, but you don't actually have to watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I hope I don't bump into any of these people at Comic-Con this year. <laughs> um, you can uh, you can also find some of my writing um, at Buddy TV. I've been covering Pretty Little Liars for the last season um, this summer, and I have some Winona Earp stuff that should be coming up pretty shortly. Uh, and I also wrote an article somewhat recently about why um, Amazon should pick up Sweet Vicious now that MTV canceled it. So you can check out all that stuff on Buddy TV. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And like Supergirl, we think it's been nice having Cat Grant around again. fate of my people rest on the fate of my life. You just invoked a trial by combat. Do you think Supergirl is ready for this? She is. Then I put all my chips on the girl of steel. The people of this planet will kneel before me. For the Earth. For the Earth. Supergirl. Season finale this Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we're back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode, which is the finale of season two, is called Nevertheless, She Persisted. The official description reads, quote, Supergirl challenges Rhea to battle to save National City. Meanwhile, Superman returns and Cat Grant offers Supergirl some sage advice, unquote. Uh, so once again, I'm really impressed. Short episode description makes me very happy because <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm terrible at reading these. So uh, I, I guess that's, you know, sh- short and sweet. That's all we need to know. Uh, so Carly, what, what about this really uh, short description has you most excited about the season two finale? Return of Superman. We did see him at the end of last week, this week, whatever week it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it'll be fun to see him pop up again. 
I'm also just <laughs> really hoping we get more of Cat Grant hitting on him, like completely, <laughs> completely shamelessly, because uh, that was something that cracked me up at the beginning of the season. And uh, I, it, it feels like a nice way to kind of bookend things since he showed up in the premiere and now he's going to be popped back up in the finale. Like, even if this is all that Superman, all that Superman's appearances amount to on this show, I'd totally be fine with it. Like he just pops, he just pops up at the beginning and at the end. <laughs> Cause we don't really need him around per se, but it's nice every, every once in a while, just pop over from Metropolis. That's a good point that he, he was at the very beginning of this season and now he's in the, he, he was in the first two episodes of right. season one, uh, season two. And now he's in the last two episodes. So that that is a, a nice bookend for uh, Superman appearances. Uh, Morgan, what is most exciting to you about next uh, next week, which is the last episode of season two? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Carly, actually. And, and it's funny about the bookend thing, because Cat Grant was also in the first two, I believe. Ah, that's right. So yeah, so we're getting uh we're getting a little Superman back. We're getting Cat Grant back. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm excited to see where the finale goes with everybody. Um, Definitely excited to see Superman pop back up and uh, and Cat Grant uh, still being around is awesome. Also, I I love I love the title. Uh, so yeah, all good all good things. Yeah, I think Cat uh, Grant is uh, something to stick around for because she was a breath of fresh air in Resist. So I'm I'm glad we get another episode with her. Um, I I think I'm most excited about Supergirl versus Rhea. Uh, because I really enjoyed their their last kind of uh, fight that they had, where Rhea stabbed stabbed her with a kryptonite dagger. I mean, it was just ruthless. So I, I'm very curious as to what is going to go down and and how Rhea ends up being defeated. Uh, because uh, you know, I don't I don't know how that's going to happen. I know that they mentioned the Phantom Zone projector in Resist, so I wonder if Rhea gets put in the Phantom Zone. I sort of had this kind of crackpot theory that I don't know if it's going to happen or not but um, I was already thinking about how are they going to end season two because you know in season one they had the the all-famous pod cliffhanger which got ruined of course at the the TCAs where they just flat out <laughs> said who was in the pod oh, that's right. we're probably going to get stuff tomorrow because well it'll be today when the podcast airs because it's going to be CW upfronts um, so let's oh. hope they don't, uh, <laughs> don't spill the beans uh, before the episode even airs. Uh, but I was sort of thinking about, well, how how are they going to end season two? And and the the, the mention of the Phantom Zone uh, mm -hmm. got me really excited because I, I sort of was thinking, well, if I was writing this season, I, I think a good cliffhanger would be if Supergirl got stuck in the Phantom Zone. Ooh. I I would really like to see that because I do right. think seeing the Phantom Zone is it's 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 up to interpretation how people show it like it's it's different in the comics than it is on Smallville than it is in the Donner films than it is in Man of Steel um, and I th I thought it was kind of neat the Phantom Zone projector thing in Resist had like this triangle in the middle like it had like this big circle thing that had a triangle and the the triangle shape is most uh commonly used with the phantom zone so i thought that was a nice touch but i i wondered a if Rhea would get sent to the phantom zone and then i also wondered if supergirl would somehow accidentally get sent there um so i i don't want to like bank everything on that and then be disappointed if if it doesn't happen but i i was like you know 
if that if I was a writer on the show, I think that would be pretty cool because it would be a neat way to explore the Phantom Zone and actually get to see Supergirl. Because Clark on Smallville went to the Phantom Zone, and even Supergirl uh, in season eight of Smallville went to the Phantom Zone. So I don't know. I don't know. The, all the mentions of the Phantom Zone projector, I was like, there's a lot of Phantom Zone talk. So I don't. Well, know, right. I don't know what's going to happen. And they made a point to say in this episode that you could get stuck if something doesn't isn't aligned properly or whatever it was. Right, right. <laughs> there was a part of me, there was a part of me that when Monel went through that projector by himself, <laughs> I was like, is he going to get stuck in the Phantom Zone? <laughs> and they, men- they mentioned lead too, didn't they? They like, they were spraying some of the Daxamite people with lead. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, like, we're Guardian so close. Had, Guardian, yeah. had le- Guardian has lead gas or whatever. <laughs> It was like, and then it, and then when said something like, "Oh, we give them asthma, so it makes it a more fair fight." Yeah, which is actually pretty smart. So it doesn't actually kill them; it just kind of weakens them a little bit, I guess, to the yeah. point where he can he can beat them up. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious as to how they are going to defeat Rhea and all of those Daxmite soldiers. Um, I'm sort of disappointed that season two is sort of like the end of season one where they have this invading army that wants to put all of Earth into submission and re, you know, populate the Earth with, you know, a, a new species of or race of people, you know, an alien race. And so it feels very familiar. And I, I kind of hope they don't do something like this next season, uh, just because I feel like I've seen it already. But, uh, but I think the Rhea aspect of it has me excited because Terry Hatcher has done such a good job with what she's been given. She's been a great villain. I've really enjoyed watching her, so I'm, I'm very excited to see her uh, duke it out with Supergirl next week. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.